we're off. This yeah. <laughs> this has been a weird day. And uh, I'm Alexis. <laughs> and I'm trying not to panic. And this is Hysterical History. <laughs> it's a comedy history podcast where I did this whole episode in like four hours so that we could get it done and get it to you and just finish everything. Hell yeah. Because Haley has a sudden <laughs> trip to go on. I gotta go. So <laughs> it like... Less than 12 hours, so oh, yeah. doing it. Way less. It's like six hours. Is it? Well, in terms of getting to the airport. Oh, sure, sure, sure. This is the last episode about Josiah. <laughs> Woo! Woo! And I... Bam, bam, heard, bam. It's a lot. It's a lot, my dude, so I'm just going to go really fast. I'm not going to give you an update. We just did an episode, so figure it out. <laughs> go listen to that one. So the last thing we left off is... I don't even remember, really. Um... <laughs> Because I read so much. Um, but uh, basically, Dose Muhammad's in charge. He's trying to get Peshawar back. That's mm-hmm. what we're doing. Yeah. That's the business. Him and Josiah are working together again. They're work- they're f- What a twist. They're working together. What <laughs> twist. What? Crazy. So, yeah, they're they're together again. Josiah th- is like thinks Dose Muhammad's pretty cool, but he thinks he has, like, real questionable morals. He compares him to Machiavelli. So he's like, I'm, like, even more attractive. I know, right? <laughs> oh. People that's an insult. I don't think so. And then Jubber is <laughs> Dose Muhammad's brother, who was previously against him and trying to scheme with Josiah to take him down, and now seems firmly on Dose Muhammad's team. Mm-hmm. He's realized his brother is too capable for him to take down, <laughs> so he's accepted it. You got all the brain cells in the family. I can't compete. Right. <laughs> uh, and Britain thinks that Russia is coming down and trying to get into Afghanistan, which they probably are, but they also think that they want India, which I don't know that they even do. Uh, Seems like a bit of a stretch. Yeah, especially when Britain's so heavily entrenched there that I'm like, I doubt it. Yeah. So, but what that's what they're worried about. India is their crown jewel, literally, mm-hmm. and so that's what they want. Yeah. <laughs> and so if anybody's even coming close, they're mad. Like, I have a, I have a quote from um, The Times... The the times. the times literally that's what it said the times it's in in England the times um, and they write from the frontiers of Hungary to the heart of Burma and Nepal the Russian fiend has been haunting and troubling the human race and diligently oh. perpetrating his malignant frogs to the vexation of this industrious and essential Pacific Empire wow that's a lot. How do you feel about Russians? <laughs> yeah. Don't oh. like them. Though, how do you feel? They really? are haunting and troubling the human race. All ha- people. Haunting. That's whoa. It's so oh. much. Okay. So okay. Josiah writes his letter to a British commander, like this new guy. His name is McNaughton. Mm-hmm. Um, McNaughton? I don't know. I can't do accents. Uh, asking for help against Ranjit. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, British, can you help us take out Ranjit? Because he knows they want him gone. And, you know, Dos Muhammad wants him gone. So he's like, natural alliance. Let's do it. Let's he's do an it. old man and I hate him. Let's kill him. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, and then is told the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard the British say, that they don't interfere with independent states. Well, now let's talk about <laughs> you. That, let's talk about that. What? Huh? Excuse? Are me? you saying? Are you? What do you mean? As they stand what in India, <laughs> formerly an independent state. What do you mean? What do you mean? It's so false. <laughs> like how? And it's insulting. How? 
I can't believe you just said that. It's the dumbest thing what, I've ever heard them say. What are you talking about? Like, whoa. Do they just mean, How like, dare you? we only count you if you have a flag? I don't know. Like, that we recognize... I don't know. It's like, what What do you mean? No, it's... What do you mean? Do they just mean, like, white people? No, because they're, they're saying they're not going to interfere with the war with Afghanistan, like, with Dos Mohammed and Ranjit. Like, they're mm-hmm. both brown people. Well, yeah, so it's like, oh, God, yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. Like, what, no, it's just a lie. What do they mean? Nothing. <laughs> they just mean, we won't help you. <laughs> we just don't want to yeah. this, this time. So we came up with an excuse that's stupid. I've never heard. <laughs> that's such a big whopper. So incorrect. What? Mm, there's going to be a lot of dunking on the British in this episode. So if you're what? British, you get it. You get it. Um, this, I'm sure you also think that's the dumbest thing you've ever heard them say. Like, I mean, I would... <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I'd say Ooh. that's, like, their hobby. Yeah. That's what they do. That's their favorite thing to do. And uh, Scotland, it's Ireland, Wales can all attest. Their closest neighbors yeah. can attest. Um, and it's especially ridiculous since, sorry, this is going to be a spoiler, but I promise it's not a, a real spoiler. It's just a spoiler for a future event, but not, like, the end end. Okay. Um, but spoiler, Ben tells us at this point, the British are going to oust Dos Mohammed three years later mm. from that position. So they're completely lying. So uh, if, <laughs> in case you were like, I mean, maybe they maybe. mean it. No, they're lying. No, complete and utter liars. No, of course they're lying. Ridiculous. Are you kidding me? So instead... Since the British aren't going to help him, Dos Mohammed says, hey, Russia, you want to come here and help me with Ranjit mm-hmm. and this whole Peshawar situation? Yeah. Because he hears that they want to be here. So, like, why the hell not? Because they're not going to leave. It's a bad idea. They're I mean, <laughs> it's bad with the British, too. I, it's all bad. It, once they get in there, they're not going to leave. But at least the British are already here. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, Af- like or, I mean, uh, Russia is, like, sort of here because they're, like, in Kazakhstan, I think. But, like, mm-hmm. not really. Uh, Masson, who was the uh, British deserter guy mm-hmm. who's hanging out with them, gives the British a whole bunch of detailed spy information about Dos Mohammed contacting Russia. Oh, man. But they're concerned that he's not good enough to actually get them, like, what they need and be a good negotiator. Mm-hmm. So they send a more trusted person to Kabul. Someone who's not a deserter from Someone the you've army. heard of before. Is it Benjamin Franklin? <laughs> no. Oprah? The British send him. <laughs> It's like a hundred years later. He's very dead. I mean, I would be very, I would be surprised. She's very not alive. Um, No, it's Alexander Burns. Oh. The naval captain who hung out with Ranjit, who's been here before. He's been here before. Mm -hmm. Uh, We talked about him last episode. Hello, it is not that that accent. No. But I can't do a Scottish accent. It's fine. Uh, Burns was instructed by the British to give Dos Mohammed presents, but they specifically told him not to give them super expensive presents. Oh, which is like rude. Reasonable. So instead, I have a list of the things Burns gives to them. These aren't specifically to Dos Mohammed. These are like to the mm-hmm. just the general Afghanistan, but like or not Afghanistan, but Kabul. But um, Dos Mohammed has more specific gifts later. Mm-hmm. And these are the not. Expensive gifts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pins, needles, scissors, pen knives, silk handkerchiefs, toys, watches, musical snuff boxes, all of which were received with inexpressible <laughs> surprise, followed by a sense of strong disgust intermingled with mortification and disappointment. Imagine a snuff box that plays music at you when you open it. 
It's the worst. That's terrible. The whole point of snuff boxes is supposed to be like, I mean, it's supposed to be pretty, but it's kind of supposed to be like Dis- subtle. Discreet. Yeah. Kind of discreet. Yeah. You don't want like every time you, you know, get out your snuff. <laughs> it's like a birthday card that opens. <laughs> it's horrible. What? Just start screaming at you. Like I was expecting like, you know, our less good horses. No. Or something. They're like some pins. Needles, some stuff we found under the cushions. They give them toys, like they're children. Come on. Yeah, not even new toys, probably. It's and like... to Dose Muhammad, they give him a pair of pistols and a spyglass. Oh. Which. Subtle. I think for, like, when Josiah arrived, he also gave him pistols, I believe. Mm-hmm. But Josiah is one person. This is the entire British um, Empire. Yeah. And so as soon as Burns leaves, uh, Dos Muhammad apparently throws them on the ground and, like, yells about it. He's really insulted. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, This is how they think of you? Yes. And Dos Muhammad, before that happens, tells Burns that he wants a treaty with the British, but also wants to get the Sikhs out of Peshawar, and he wants some money. Okay. So he's like, we're going to be cool, but you have to get them out of here and I need some cash. Burns writes to his superiors that he thinks Dos Muhammad is like a great ally against Russia, and he really thinks they should just do what he says, but his higher-ups disagree. They don't mm-hmm. like it. They're like, this is too much for us to do, I that's, guess. That's like a kind of a wild deal. We'll help you, but you pay us. Yeah. Well, and, it's just uh, like, we won't, we'll be cool. We don't have to fight anymore. But, like, England doesn't want that. They want to fight. You're not going to be cool. <laughs> and so, uh, and they're more worried about Ranjit than they are about Dos Muhammad. Like, they're yeah. more afraid of Ranjit in general. So they're like, we're not going to go against him if we don't have to. Mm-hmm. So they're like, absolutely not. Um, and Burns is there to negotiate for six months, uh, even though the answer to everything is no. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, gosh, it sucks to be you right now. Especially because he likes Dos Muhammad. Like mm-hmm. he, and he likes Kabul. So he's like, this sucks because yeah. they're always mad at him. They're always mad. Um and Dos Muhammad keeps threatening that if the British don't give him what he wants, then he's going to go to the Russians. Mm-hmm. So just do it already. And uh, on Christmas Eve, Captain Jan um, Vitkovich, emissary mm-hmm. of the Tsar, arrives in Kabul. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's Russia. <laughs> um, would it be Christmas? I'm trying to. What do you mean, would it be Christmas? Oh, like. It, it wouldn't be winter, probably. Or oh, maybe yeah. I mean, because, like. Probably not wildly uh, celebrated in the area. But uh, I'm trying to think, like, does Russia at the time, or, like, even if that's the day they celebrate it? Mm-hmm. I, I don't, don't know. Because they're, they're on, like, weird calendars and stuff. Right. Um, Which is totally besides the point. It doesn't I'm matter. Just, <laughs> I'm just wondering <laughs> idly. I have a little bit to read to you about um, Vitkovich. Mm-hmm. So he was a... A Lithuanian aristocrat by birth who had been punished for taking part in an anti-Russian student demonstration by being sent to Siberia as a military conscript. Mm -hmm. In exile, he had studied the language and customs of Central Asia and steadily rose through the ranks noted for his intelligence and daring. When Dost Muhammad hinted he might be welcome... He might welcome an envoy from the Tsar. It was decided that Captain Vitkovich should mount a secret solo mission to Kabul. He's there huh. by himself. Secret mission. Secret. Even though it's not very secret when he stumbles in, it's like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. I guess the secret time was like getting there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's got a whole thing. See, I keep, every time they introduce somebody, it's like the most confusing thing I've ever read. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, what? Um... 
And then they're like, anyway, and they move on. <laughs> Why are it's like, but wait, the, really? <gasps> this is a lot to handle. You know, like Reverend Wolf in the last one that is like so much information in like four sentences. And then it's like, moving on. And I'm like, oh. anyway, it's, it like gives it, you know, like when you get like a brain freeze, it gives me like an information brain freeze. I'm like, what? It's too much. How much of this? How much of this do I need to know? Right. But like that's important. I I do want to know all. <laughs> I of promise it, it is because so far it's all been really interesting. It's, it is really interesting. It's just like a lot. But so yeah, he comes and he's having a good time. Here. Having a good time. Uh, he, but Dos Mohammed makes it clear to the British that he'd still prefer them over the Russians. The Russians are his secondary option. Mm-hmm. Because he's still hoping they'll change their mind. Um, so he's kind of being distant to Captain Jan. He's not really talking to him a lot, and he's trying to be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he gets a letter saying, You must desist from all correspondence with Russia. You must never receive agents from them or have aught to do with them without our sanction. You must dismiss the captain with courtesy. You must surrender all claims to Peshawar. Uh, from who? Britain. In, from Yeah, this is how it starts. Mm-hmm. They're like, we don't interfere. And then they're like, here's the ultimatum. Do this. You have to. And not even like, or else. It's just like, you have to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the or else is we'll kill not. <laughs> yeah, the or else is, or we'll do the thing we're going to do probably anyway. Yeah, so does Muhammad kicks uh, British Burns out of Kabul <laughs> yeah. and Masan leaves too because he's worried that they're going to kill him. Wow, balls, balls on him. Get the heck out of here, dude. Uh, and then Dos Muhammad and Josiah begin training their troops in a new style, and they've got a new practice target so that they can test out their strats. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's Murad Beg. Oh. You probably have forgotten about Murad Beg. I, I know. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh I don't know who, who that is. <laughs> um, if you remember from, I think, the first episode, maybe the second, um, when Josiah is leaving to for the first time mm-hmm. from Ludhiana. He is talked to by the British who are like, hey, could you find out information on these two guys that we can't find? And they were, like, horribly murdered, um, mm. like, left to just ex- be, like by exposure yeah. by Murad Beg. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. He's an Uzbek slave trade warlord. Well, how about that? And they're like, cash me outside. We're coming to your house. Um, so, yeah, he's real nasty and terrible and is scary. <laughs> But they're like, this is a great plan because I guess Uzbek uh, at that time, that area is already supposed to be paying tribute to Dos Muhammad. Mm-hmm. So he's like, go over there and make them do it. And then also just we're going to spook them. And if they fight us, we're just going to test it out, you know, see yeah. what we can do. Win, win. Win. Except for them. Except for them. They don't win. <laughs> but you know what? They do win because if they pay tribute, we'll protect them. Win, mm-hmm. win, win. So uh, Dos Muhammad also sends one of his sons, uh, 18-year-old Akram Khan okay. to go with them, to lead and to, like, learn. This is your adventure as an adult now, son. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the British, while that's happening, decide it's time they get Shuja reinstalled into Kabul. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and they make uh-huh. a treaty with him and Ranjit in order to get Dos Muhammad out because now they're scared of the Russian thing. So they're like, we got to, this needs to be done now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Dos Muhammad and Josiah have no idea that's happening. <laughs> that's all happening behind the scenes? Yeah. And Burns, to his credit, tries to be like, oh, we should not do that. Um, but nobody cares what he has to say. <laughs> they don't listen. It's hard being the agent on the ground. Yeah. McNaughton's like, no, I'm going to do what I want to do. I think they're terrible and we're going to kill them. Yeah. 
uh, Elphinstone, who wrote the book that inspired Josiah to go on this trip, Mm -hmm. um, however, uh, he has a quote that he wrote about this, which was, the Afghans were neutral and would have received your aid against invaders with gratitude. They will now be disaffected and glad to join any invader to drive you out. So he's like, big mistake, do not do that. Don't. Um, And he's British, he's just been there before. So he's like, people who have been there are like, please don't do that. And the British who haven't are like, I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, you should like trust your people who are there on the ground telling you stuff. Who have been there and know these people and are like, that's, it's a bad idea. This would be really bad if hmm. we did this. But they won't listen. <laughs> but you're back in England like, I want more. The British don't listen. It's been a while since we had a good invasion. So while the British are trying to sneak their way up there, Dos Muhammad's forces are leaving, which is like brilliant timing for them, but also like super sucks um, for Dos Muhammad, obviously. So uh, Josiah arrives in Uzbekistan with his army. And he's avoided, he, he, like, had to go through a whole bunch of bad weather and avoid wolves and stuff. But, like, there's a whole bunch about that that I was like, okay, I don't have time for this. Mm-hmm. But now uh, he's at top of the mountain. He raises an American flag for some reason that I don't understand. Uh, patriotism. <laughs> well, now that I'm here, I guess I'll put this I might flag. as well claim it for America. Like, what are you doing? And um, on the way, he picks up soldiers. Like, that's his plan to do um, you know, like the classics, Alex the Great, Napoleon, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Pick up people on the way. Like a Katamari ball, just kind of keep <laughs> yep. picking them up. And then they'll help you. Um, and he does it pretty easily since a lot of the people around the area hate Murad Beg a lot because mm-hmm. he's terrible. And not only sells, like, prisoners of war and stuff into slavery, but also, like, his own family and, <laughs> all, like, any of his supporters for any reason. Yeah, it's not good. No, so he's, like, terrible and super untrustworthy, so they're like, we'd love to kill him. Like, get him out of my face. Get him out. Please. Um, and because he's a Quaker, Haley, Josiah thinks slavery's bad. Oh, <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> He's on the side of bad. <laughs> uh, which, you know, the Civil War hasn't even been fought yet, so America's still heavily entrenched in slavery. Mm-hmm. But also, he's from Pennsylvania, so probably not a lot of slavery. Uh, comparatively. Comparatively. <laughs> and yeah, Quake, that's like, some places. Say what you want about mm-hmm. this Quaker, but yeah. Quakers in general are like, don't own people? Yeah, and they're also like very um, like anti-racist. So, thanks. Also, against fighting in general, mm-hmm. pacifists, good people. <laughs> um, not Josiah. Not He's Josiah. not a Quaker. Actually, he doesn't—I'm going to tell you now. He doesn't realize it, but at this point, he's already been kicked out of the Society of Friends for war. Oh, oh yeah. So— Oh, yeah. Yeah, they figured out that's happening from, like, British reports mm-hmm. about him, and so then they're like, yeah, you're not in the club anymore. You're clearly not a Quaker. You're not in our religion anymore. <laughs> it's really weird when you decide the line is too far and yeah. when it's fine. Right. That you're like, so, I mean, owning people's terrible, but I'll do some war. Yeah, I'll just, like, kill a lot of people. And it's mm-hmm. like, no. But no drinking while I Don't do it. drink, though. <laughs> Evil. Um, and there's a lot of wildlife in the area, and even the wildlife is, like, intense. Uh, like, they have sheep, apparently, there that eat snakes. <laughs> which <laughs> yeah. I was like, whoa. Nice. And then, uh, apparently, they use the sheep's gallbladders to cure the venom. Oh, is that, like, it, like where, stored in there? Like, bazaars. Maybe, because, yeah, they use gallstones, so maybe. Mm. But I I don't know if it works. I assume not. But interesting. Less effective than perhaps other other things. things. Getting the venom yourself. Um, Oh, and I forgot to mention last episode, Josiah's dog Dash died 
Oh. Uh, and he buried him when he was the governor of that other place. Forgot about Dash. Yeah. Uh, but while he's in Uzbekistan, he finds a marmot. And uh, he's like, this is my new dog. No. <laughs> yep. That's not a dog. <laughs> this is a weird-looking dog. It is now my dog. I guess this is my he dog. He sends his soldier to pick one up and says, this is my dog. It is very nice to me, this animal I just picked off the if, ground. If you don't know, a marmot is like a big weasel. Yeah. Well, and I read in the book, I guess um, the marmots, I don't know if uh, Hart, or if Josiah knew this because I don't think he says, but apparently in like or, uh, Herodotus wrote about marmots. But he, like, mistranslated it mm-hmm. um, because the word in Persian was, like, giant ant or something. What? And so he wrote that they were ants, but that they, like, would hoard gold and hide, like, shiny things because they do do that. Huh. And so when Alexander the Great went there, he was looking for these ants that had gold um, but couldn't find them because the description was so incorrect that <laughs> it was impossible. You can't? Mm-mm. That's not an ant. No. No. Yeah, because they're called, like, giant ants or something. And I'm like, mm, they're not ants, but it's fine. Uh, <laughs> so, it's, But anyway, I was like, interesting. I didn't even know you could, like, domesticate marmots. I don't know that you can. I don't. <laughs> that's <laughs> just picked one up and was like, it's nice to me. That is super fair. <laughs> I don't think I don't think did. that counts as domestication just because he picked one up and kept it. But there's a fort nearby that's a, the Saigon Fort. Ah, S- I suppose Saigon. it's... Saigon. It's... Yeah. They're kind of beaver looking. Kind of... Rodentia. Oh, look at this. Oh, definitely. Look at this one. Ooh, fancy standing boy. He's like, mm-hmm. he's like hips out. He's like, <laughs> hell yeah. Um, but he approaches this fort, Saigon, um, and Josiah's like, it'd be good practice for us to take over this fort. <laughs> for practice. So they do. Um, and the leader of the fort sees their giant army and literally just bails before they even get there. Oh, he's yeah. like, I gotta go. Um, so they take it real easy, no problem. But somebody is spying on them from above, uh, and his name is Muhammad Refi. So and he can fly. <laughs> Where does it call him Refi? No. Um, he's the Prince of Gore. G-H-O-R. Oh. I'm like, Prince of Gore is metal. <laughs> metal. Oh, my God. Oh, just, I mean, and it's going to all connect. Just wait a minute. So that's it's a province of what's now Afghanistan, Gore, um, but was then, I guess, in Uzbekistan. Um, and he's very interested in what they're doing here. He thinks, and he was very impressed with their taking over that fort. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I would like to have dinner with you and like, we can chat. Oh. Uh, who is he aligned with? Nobody. He's a rogue agent. Yeah. He's just around. He's just flying overhead. The tribes in Uzbekistan kind of are separate and just always mad at each other, similarly mm-hmm. to Afghanistan. Um, so, you know, mm-hmm. they don't care about anything. This has nothing to do with the British and the Russians. This is just <laughs> yeah. practice. A separate side thing. Completely separate side mission. So uh, Josiah wants to offer them food because that's the custom. But Akram, uh, Dost Muhammad's son, says they don't have enough food to hand out. So too bad. Mm-hmm. Eat your own food. Because they're like literally in their place. Can we eat your dog? <laughs> it's, it's not a dog. It's a marmot. And Refi's vizier talks to Josiah and is like, it's really insulting for you not to give us food. And Josiah's like, I know, he's a child. Um, and so he's been secretly hoarding food. Oh. So he gives him some of that food. <laughs> yeah, you're not a Quaker no. anymore. It's nice that you had some extra, but. <laughs> yeah. And Josiah spends some time with Refi eating his food and chatting. Um, 
and he really likes Rafi. Like he, the way he describes Rafi, I feel like is very similar to when he first meets Dos Muhammad. He mm-hmm. like, uh, like sounds like he's in love with him. Yeah, and uh, he literally says Rafi reminds him of a medieval knight. Like oh. that's how into him he is. He's like overcome. He's like mm-hmm. he's so cool and hot. And, and they don't just... drink, which he's like, God bless, because he's a Quaker. Because <laughs> he thinks he's a Quaker. Yeah, he's still. not anymore. He got kicked out of Quakerism. He's, he got kicked out. Um, but Refi's people, they're called the Hazaras. Mm-hmm. Um, and Josiah also talks about how hot their women are, partially because they also get to fight and, like, work with the men. And he mm. thinks that's really cool and hot. But also he just says they're very physically attractive in general. Hell yeah. And I'm also like, is that because they're butch? Because you're, like, kind of gay? Like, I don't know. Yeah. You're following. You're like butch women. <laughs> following in Alexander's footsteps. Fine. It's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Go for it, buddy. I mean, I yeah, women are super hot when they can, like, bench press you and totally. just, like, throw you around. You just have a type and it's butch and, you know, men and women. It's mm-hmm. fine. But so, yeah, he talks to he writes a lot about how hot they are. And so uh, Ben thinks he either got married while he was there <laughs> briefly because mm-hmm. <laughs> they're only there for like, I think, a month or something. So he either got married while he was there or fell in love with a woman there because he starts writing very like flowery poetry <laughs> about it. <laughs> He's so inspired. Uh, not about a specific woman, but just like about the women in general and like about the area in general and how in love with it he is. And he says it's very similar to the way he writes about um, Elizabeth, mm-hmm. his ex-fiance, before she left him. There's just so um, many hot people. He's in love with everyone. Yeah. So he thinks maybe he fell in love. Maybe he got married. Not sure. Mm-hmm. But there was some sort of wedding while he was there, and he thinks that maybe he, he was in the wedding and that he was just saying he attended it. I don't know. But it doesn't matter. Mm. <laughs> the point is he loves his place, and he's obsessed with Refi. And Refi wants Josiah to train his army because he just saw him take over that fort, like, bam, easy, awesome mm-hmm. and he wants him to make it real good you know which he's already doing for dos Mohammed. yeah <laughs> he's in the process of uh but so they come to an agreement Haley, mm-hmm. for him doing that what do you think the terms of that might be i mean i don't want to say bj's because <laughs> <laughs> i know we have young listeners uh-huh uh pb <laughs> no no uh uh, uh but betraying Dos Muhammad. No, actually, oh. no. Refi gives Josiah gore. Oh, just the whole thing? Yeah. All of it? Yeah. Oh, why? So you know how Refi was prince? Now Josiah is prince. Why? Refi is now the vizier. Why? I don't know. That sounds so sketchy. Yep. That's like something, that's like a big brother <laughs> move where you go home immediately. <laughs> Seriously. And like... I I have to say, before I read this book, I already knew he became the Prince of Gore. I was aware mm-hmm. of that because it's like there's a tidbit about that that's very funny that I'm going to tell you in a minute. But I thought it was from, like, conquest yeah. or, like, you know, um, a gift of an area after he helped with conquest yeah. or something like that. No, this guy just says, go ahead. Do you want it? You want it? You can have it. I'm like, is it? Is something bad going to happen to you? What's wrong with it? Are, like, people really mad at him and now they're going to be mad at you? <laughs> right. Uh, it's like in Mario Kart, when I see that a blue shell is coming, that someone threw it, and I'm in first, I just stop. Mm-hmm. And I let the other person get in front of me because it'll switch to them yeah. if it's far enough back. Uh, that's I feel like that's what he's doing is what it feels like. <laughs> right. There's something going on. Who? That he pissed somebody off, but they don't know his name. They just know it's the Prince of Gore. <laughs> yeah. And so he's like, you want to be Prince? Hey, um, how about you be Prince? And I'm just like, 
Sometimes I just hate history. Why it be like this? Like, this is so stupid. Ugh. Like. And confusing. Um, yeah. And they give it to him in perpetuity. So wow. technically, uh-huh. his ancestors, like, or I mean his descendants, um, still own it Do, by this contract. Did he have uh, yes. descendants? Mm-hmm. Whoa. He is a current living descendant, um, Scott Reiniger, who starred in the original Dawn of the Dead. What? He is technically the Prince of Gore. <laughs> what? When he starred in Dawn of the Dead. That's so weird. It's what is happening? Ridiculous. Hello, I'm the Prince of Gore. <laughs> Scott Reiniger. Technically the Prince of Gore. What? Hmm. This is a lot of things. But we're moving on. <laughs> what? Yeah, because that, that was, yeah, we'll never talk about that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, weren't you like, he, you know, he's like, I was, I'm in the middle of doing like the same thing you're asking right now, but I'll be back, you know, did, to do this. Did the book mention that he had living relatives or did you uh-huh. have to hunt that? Okay. No, I, I saw that when I looked it up, like on his Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the things that it says at the bottom. Um but I don't. Yeah, I don't think they say in the book that it's not of the dead. They do say he has descent or uh, descendants. Yeah, mm-hmm. but not specifically that guy. <laughs> I wonder if. So. I wonder if he has that on his uh, like his IMDb, IMDb. He or should. his LinkedIn. He's like technically I'm a prince. Yeah. So. <laughs> so. But uh, you know, just I was like, I'm in the middle of this, but I'll come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does not come back. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like Josiah. He never comes back. Cool. I'm bye. Bye. I'm a prince now. Later. Bye. So. That's all I wanted. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So now he keeps going. <laughs> and on the way, he meets Mir E. Woolley. Um, I'm just going to call him Woolley. Mir E. Woolley. Um, he's an Uzbek prince, and he super hates Murad Beg. Or Murad Beg. I said the wrong vowels. Um and so he's like, I'm going to come with you, buddy. And wow. he's like, okay. <laughs> this wow. guy, everybody hates this guy. Wow. Um, and he gives him like a thousand soldiers. Like, he's a lot of people. So they get near the area and they find this fort held by Sufi Big. Um, and he's apparently just as bad as Murad is. Mm-hmm. Um, and now Josiah thinks that he's technically a Hazara, the people he just met, because mm-hmm. now he's a prince of Gore. So that somehow makes him... Their ethnic group, I guess. He thinks in his mind. Yeah. And um, Hazara people are being held captive at this fort, so he super wants to save his people now, Haley. (laughs) Okay. The white saviorism is (laughs) Pete's like, hey, I'm in charge of those ones now. Yeah, they're my people. You can't have them. So when they get to uh, this fort, you know, he wants to do a a Moses let my people go situation. Yeah. And... uh, he does. Uh, they break into the fort and they save 200 Hazara people. And um, then they move on <laughs> to uh, Murad Beg's place. I am in like increasing danger of thinking he's competent. <laughs> Don't worry. It's not. It's, it's like, how do you keep not dying? It's all gonna come crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it does not end happy. So oh my gosh. Him. So, um, and Josiah's excited to be at Murad Beg's place because he knows it because Alexander went there. Mm-hmm. So he's like, cool. Oh my gosh, I finally get to be it's just like Alexander. Uh, but the book tells me that uh, all of the remnants of Alexander's dominion there are all gone at this point. Yeah. Um, that Genghis Khan came in and just destroyed apparently the whole place <laughs> to the point that somebody who went there afterward, like a Chinese person who mm-hmm. went there after, said that the only thing they could find there was dogs. Yeah. Not even buildings. Dogs. Dogs. That's it. 
Um, yeah, like if you if you stand Alexander the Great, just know that there's a greater one. Yes, there's one other who Genghis Khan. <laughs> there's Genghis Khan. <laughs> there's someone who's even better at and that. And is Genghis Khan like a worse person? Hard to say. They're both pretty bad. Mm-hmm. But um, it's hard to you know, say objectively that you're a good person when most you're conquering of, people, like your life is just like conquering and killing other people. Yeah, it's like, would you say you're a good person? You're an effective person, right? Maybe. But I like it better when it's brown people, like mm-hmm. to their own people or to white people, than when it's the other way. So I'm I'm all for Genghis, baby. And like Genghis united like all of his peoples mm-hmm. and like actually had some like political yeah. acumen and. Alexander just, like, went off into the desert and killed people. Right. What did you unite? Hmm. Nothing. And then it all broke into pieces as soon as he died. It all broke into pieces. Bye. Well, yeah. Uh, As it happens. But, um, and remember, this is where those two English guys got murdered. Woo! Woo! (laughs) We're back! Do we just, like, find their heads in the sand? Like, (laughs) oh! They're hella gone. Um... But apparently, uh, Murad Beg heard that this giant group of people were coming to murder him, and he is panicking because <laughs> <laughs> they don't have guns, mm-hmm. really, at all in his place. Um, it's all, like, brute force, generally. Yeah. And, like, the people coming have lots of guns. And the only thing he has is a century-old cannon with no ammunition. Um, what are you going to put in it? Like hard chickens? That's all he's got. Apparently, it's a really impressive cannon, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, not when you can't shoot it. So, Yeah, a cannon with Whoops. nothing in it isn't impressive. <laughs> it's not. It's, so that's all he's got. <laughs> it's sad. Besides swords. I was about to get really excited. I'm like, oh, we going to cannon? No. No, absolutely not. Can't do it. No. <laughs> if, if it was a fictional narrative, yes, but... Nope. No. So uh, they start panicking, and Josiah stops to eat cantaloupes. <laughs> because apparently they're the, they grow really good in Uzbekistan, and he loves plants and fruit. I mean. So they just take a break. Melon is pretty good. To eat cantaloupe. Cantaloupe is very yummy. Um, I don't know about stopping <laughs> an entire army so you can have a snack, though. <laughs> He has, he finds like an eight pound cantaloupe and he's like, it's amazing. (laughs) Oh, it's so stupid. Everyone watch me eat this. This is the height of my life. And Murad Beg is just getting more and more stressed (laughs) out that they're not coming. And so he just gives up before anyone fires a shot. so mad. (laughs) How does he keep getting away with it? Because Murad Beg knows he's going to lose. He knows it. So he just gives up immediately. (laughs) Which is, this is a guy who's like a slave trader who murdered those guys. I can't He was so tough at the beginning. Because some people from outside be so like, scary. wow, Josiah is such a master, like, mind messer upper. It's like, no, he's stupid and he he's got hungry. literally a melon head. He just was eating melon. Well, you know what? Melon. Sometimes that's a good strategy at war. Just sit down and eat melon. Delicious. Sometimes you win. And then the other side just has a breakdown. They're like, but where are they? Why aren't they coming? <laughs> it's so funny. We found these melons, brah. So, so we had to. Uh, yeah. So Maradbed signs a tw- treaty that says he's going to give back woolly land that he stole from him and that Dos Muhammad now rules over his province. Wow. Yeah. I, Sounds good. I hate Josiah so much. <laughs> But he did good for Dos Muhammad, our, our real love. I'm so. just mad that he keeps failing upwards. Yeah, it's it's bad. But, you know, it's okay. I promise it gets worse for him. I have to read you this paragraph. 
that uh, it says, Harlan was entirely satisfied, that's Josiah, mm-hmm. uh, with the results of his expedition. Murad Beg had been brought to heel. Two forts had been seized. Important alliances had been struck with both the Hazaras and the Uzbeks. He had successfully crossed the mountains with a large army, and he had eaten the largest melon he had ever seen. <laughs> ben? Ben. <laughs> I just love that because we did a whole thing in my legal writing class about, like, the most important positions of information, and they're Mm -hmm. the beginning and the end. So the most important – and the end is the most important. So the most important part of that was he ate the largest melon he had ever seen. (laughs) The same rules apply to comedic timing. Mm -hmm. Incredible. Like, it sounds like you're describing (laughs) Hannibal Barca, Uh and it's like – and then he had elephants, and he went over all these mountains, and he got all these forts, and he – Ate a melon. Yeah. The biggest one he'd ever seen in his life. Uh, what? What? <laughs> and then so Josiah wants to go back immediately to Kabul. He's like, we got to get back there. But it's winter now. Mm-hmm. So they and they got to go over big mountains. Like he on the way had an elephant and then the elephant couldn't make it over the mountains because they're so severe in oh, Afghanistan. No. And so they had to send it back. Oh, I was going to be like, did they just leave it? It didn't die. No, they didn't leave it. They sent it back. Okay. Because some people went back. Um, they were just like scouts to make sure I think that he got that far. Mm -hmm. So no, it's funny because it mentions, um, Hannibal because it's like he, you know, uh, took them over the Alps and they're like, yeah, but these mountains are much worse. Way, way. Impassable. Way. Right. Like the Alps is a feat. This is impossible. Because the Alps Um, are, the Alps are pretty old. Yeah. I mean, they're not easy to get over. They're no. hard enough to get over that Italy feels generally protected. But you know but what? If the Tour de France boys can ride bikes up the Alps, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's fine. Yeah, They don't ride in the mountains of Afghanistan because, yikes, mm-hmm. it's too hard. But so he wants to go back immediately, but it's winter, but they do it anyway because he's stupid. Yeah. And so uh, they almost immediately start starving um, mm-hmm. because they don't. there's no food to have around. Uh, and, like, all the people they go by, like, living on these mountains are also starving. Mm-hmm. And uh, they do the classic Alex the Great, and they just steal their stuff. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, they destroyed all the food and water. <laughs> no, I'm like, no. oh. No. No. They steal. They don't have it, so they destroy. They steal other people's food and water. Yeah. Um, and Josiah doesn't do it because he thinks it's barbaric, even though Alex did it. So I'm like, is it? But uh, Hazar, the Hazaras and the Uzbeks are doing it. But then I'm also like, what food are you eating? Yeah. Are you not eating stolen food? Like what? How are you better than them? Also, the Hazaras are your people, I thought. Yeah, I thought they were so, your And now you're like, people. they're cruel. Mm. But they're barbarians. I'm, I'm better than them. Also, Josiah mentions the snow is blinding them. Um, mm-hmm. But then he stops to check out a cave because he thinks it's the cave of Prometheus. So, priorities. Sure. <laughs> what are the odds that it's that one? What are you talking about? But what? So they cross this river in the Gorbin Valley, and they've got a whole bunch of heavy gear, and they're having a terrible time getting across. Mm -hmm. Um, And such a terrible time that, like, the river just kicks into high gear, and a hundred people get swept away at once, and three of them survive. Oh, no. That's their largest loss of casualties the whole time. Wow. Is that river. The river. That river is better than all the other people they fought. <laughs> Incredible. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. He's he's only winning due to chance, and yeah. chance is the only thing that's defeating him. Yep. Rivers. Rivers. That's his one weakness, rivers. Oh, it had to be rivers. <laughs> My one weakness. Uh, and so, melons. But they finally apparently. get, no, that's his strength, is melons. 
just picture like if you wanted to defeat this guy, all you'd have to do is just put some melons in front of him. Yeah. And just like put a cage around him slowly. <laughs> yep. Like just a rabbit trap. Casco Amontillado him with the melon. <laughs> slowly brick him inside a melon patch. In while he's in that cave, just put some melons in there and just brick him inside. Kill him with his story or history and melons. History and melons. His story, I said. His story. His story is stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, so they finally get back to Kabul. Thank goodness. And Josiah is so excited because he gets to tell Dos Muhammad how well he did on his mission. I did. And then Dos Muhammad's like, I don't care. The British are coming to murder us. <laughs> I don't think you understand. Like, it the, got really dire really quick. Whenever people say the British are coming, it's bad. It's always bad. It's Listen, bad. we're Americans. We understand. <laughs> we get it, dude. It's we get it. bad news. <laughs> um, and so... On their way, unbeknownst to Dost and Josiah, the British were using Indian camels to try to get to Kabul. Okay. And they are not used to how harsh it is in <laughs> Afghanistan. So they no. are dying just constantly. There's, I think they said they lose like hundreds of camels. Because there's, there's different... From the conditions. Like, I don't know if it's species or subspecies of camel mm-hmm. that live in, like, Afghanistan. Yeah. Right. And are like, you can tell because they're big and hairy. They're and super hardy. They're very hardy creatures. Yeah. But uh, can't just bring a Saharan camel into <laughs> the Afghanistan. Indian ones will not do it. It's not going to do it. Mm-mm. And so uh, a ton of their camels die, <laughs> which slows them down a lot. Because I'm like, how are they not there? Like, mm-hmm. Josiah was uh, just like, you know, messing around in <laughs> Uzbekistan for months. for months. So I'm like, what? How are you not there already? And the answer is all their camels died. And I, then I also, do it. it's just like, it's like. I know that the British are like, you know, have one of the best armies ever, but they're so incompetent sometimes. <laughs> they're much better on the ocean. Yeah. They're, they're so overconfident in their abilities when the conditions are not what they're used to. Mm-hmm. They also get raided a bunch of times by, you know, raiders, and a whole bunch of their stuff gets stolen. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. until they start bribing all of them to go away. Well, So they just waste all their money to make them leave. And I'm like, you could just, like, kill them. What You're if, a military. What if you, the army, killed them? <laughs> right? Or you could pay them. No. Bribe them. Do they want dead camels? You got lots of those right now. Would you like some meat? <laughs> dead camel meat. <laughs> and Shuja joins them, and his presence is met with indifference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> uh, Ranji doesn't come because he's real sick. He had another stroke, um, and he can Ooh. barely talk. He's done. Uh, but apparently they say that, like, he's still aware. Like, his mind is still sharp and he's aware of what's going on. I'm assuming oh, he's no. writing things. It's just oh, no. physically he can't talk. Oh, he's, like, trapped in it's there. It's, like, the worst It's like outcome. The bell jar situation. He's already missing an eye and then <laughs> he can't move his face, but he's so aware kinda, of everything. Uh, he just kind of gurgles. And, and then, then he's, like, and he's drinking, like, way more than he was before, which was already a ton. So just drink yourself to death, buddy. Mm-hmm. Um... Josiah sends some of his best troops with Dost Muhammad's son, Akram, to confront the Sikh forces in the east, which will turn out to be a terrible mistake. Uh-oh. Because, I don't know, I just don't think he realizes that they need them to fight the British specifically. Mm-hmm. So he's like, just go we'll do that. And it's like, like why would you send all your best guys away before they even get here? I don't think he understands that the British are not like your friends. No, they're not. Just because you're white. Yeah, I don't think he understands that uh, until they make it very clear. <laughs> In a little bit. Like, maybe, like, I'm a pen pal with one of their guys. I mm-hmm. used to be a medic. I was in the military with them. They don't care. You deserted. <laughs> they don't care. I don't know if you deserted, but, like, they let you go. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, they, you, they have no loyalty to you. 
It's like you have no loyalty to them. Right. And you know it. Or anywhere. <sighs> Nobody. I don't... No, just to himself. <sighs> kind of just to himself. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't think he would just pick up princedoms left and right, right. randomly. I mean, he is... Like, if he was a Big Brother player, right, he is such a floater. He will He's go play, yeah. to any alliance that will have him for any amount of time, and then the second they do something that he doesn't like, he ditches them and goes to another person. Mm-hmm. And all the actual players are so busy with stuff. Mm-hmm. You're like, how is he st- How is he in the final five? Right. Final three. How? Floaters grab a life vest, though, dude. Grab a life vest. Right. Rachel Riley always knows. <laughs> Rachel's coming for you. <laughs> It's Britain. Um, so <laughs> it's Britain. <laughs> so on June 27th, the British uh, are preparing to storm the Khyber Pass, which is kind of getting them into the Kabul area. Um, and on that day, Ranji dies. Oh. Which is unfortunate for them mm-hmm. because all their military is now way over here. So they can't, what? like, swoop into Ranjit's place. Terrible timing. They should have just waited longer, to be honest. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's is really it, ridiculous. Is it still winter? Are they still doing it in winter? No, it's June now. Okay. So it takes time. <laughs> But it's still a bad plan. Mm -hmm. They get to Ganzi, which is a fort 90 miles from Kabul, which is seen as uh, unbreachable. So I wonder if it'll be breached. I wonder. (laughs) You know, I've heard that a lot. About a lot of things. And it it seems like a lot of people in really good defensive positions just kind of are like, you know, just take it. Yeah. (laughs) It's true. Um, They they don't just let them have this. Mm -hmm. uh, But they do get it in a day. And they only lose 17 soldiers while there's hundreds of Afghan soldiers that die. What? Yeah. How? I don't know. What happened? Very confusing. Did you pour the hot oil the wrong way? <laughs> what happened? I think, I think the British just have really good guns, and I don't think they had a lot of guns there because the like position was so defensible that they're not really worried about that generally. The British no. do have uh, pretty sophisticated weaponry. A lot of good guns. Did they bring any like artillery? Do they have like cannons and stuff? I don't think so because of how far they'd have to lug it. Mm-hmm. I doubt it. I think they're just going with, like, manpower and better weapons yeah. than, like, actual cannons and such. Because I feel like it's just... But that many camels that died, if they had cannons, they left them there. Yeah. We, <laughs> it's too hard. We do dunk on the British, but they're scary. Sure, yeah. They're scary. That's why we're worried about Dost Muhammad. Uh, Jubber is sent to negotiate. Mm. Because he's a fancy boy. He's I don't know. Fancy, but... He's got a high charisma. Dispensable. Yeah. <laughs> um, dispendable? Did I say that wrong? No, dispensables, right? Okay. Because you can dispense of him. Yep. Dispendable, I think, is wrong. <laughs> that sounds like he's dependable and dispensable, <laughs> which might be true. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says Dos Muhammad would submit to Shuja being in charge if he gets to be the vizier. Mm. So the same kind of... Same kind of thing. Refi Prince Gore situation. Mm-hmm. But uh, Shuja insists that Dose should be exiled to India like he was and won't mm. do that. Mm, the pride. Mm-hmm. Pride is getting in the way. And obviously Jubber's like, no, <laughs> that's not going to happen. No. So uh, the Afghan soldiers start getting really nervous mm. because the British are here. And they just totally took out the like, unbre- like unbreachable fort and killed so many people and <sighs> lost like nobody. Oh, so yeah. they're really stressed out. And um, you should be. The British start sending spies to bribe their military commanders to bail. Ooh. And they hella do. That's mm, mm-hmm. that's so smart, though. Mm-hmm. That's so smart. Yeah, I hate how smart it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. And Dost Muhammad begs a faction that's working with him to, like, please stay and fight with me. Yeah. And they tell him they can't help him. Sorry, yeah, dude. Not going to happen. Uh Ah, uh, England. And in the end, 
Dost Muhammad's men turn on him, uh, and they force him out of the camp, and he has to flee. He takes his son Akram and Jubber with him uh, to Hindu Kush, which are like mountains um, that are currently in Afghanistan, Tajikistan, and Pakistan. Hindu Kush! So he flees north, um, and bye. I am full of so many emotions. (laughs) I know, right? Like, oh, man. And you can't just, like, Mm -mm. send a diplomat to France and ask for boats or something. No. Like, look, we we make fun of England all the time, but they're scary. Yeah. Um, Totally. When you're not making uh, just fun of them for being idiots. Right. Because that happens. Mm -hmm. But, like... They didn't do everything on accident. No. A lot of that was very smart strategery. So Yeah. Like, American <laughs> Revolution would have been lost if we didn't have a big uh, world power come in. The and, French. You know, swoop in and, and be like. Benedict Arnold. And Benedict Arnold. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Woof. So, yeah. They're, yeah. I mean, we wouldn't get the French without Benedict Arnold. So, like, and Lafayette. I love it. So, really, it was like two guys who <laughs> did most of it. <laughs> Lafayette and Benedict Arnold. He's the best <laughs> in our book. Um, so, anyway, so you have to leave. Bye-bye. Yeah, you got to. Muhammad. You got to get out. God bless. Don't die, you know, because then you could come back or something. You got you to gotta go, though. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that seems to be the Afghanistan, like, the way of doing things is like I'd rather bail and live and like live to fight another day yeah. here than like stick to my guns and get killed, mm-hmm. which I think is smart. Like it's it's like it seems kind of cowardly maybe, but like especially when your own army is pushing you out, like you should probably just go. Yeah. And you know, in Afghanistan, you flee to the mountains. In Europe, you flee to England. So, <laughs> if you're in England, you flee to. Germany, I think, is where they usually go. Back, back to Scotland. And I don't then, know. And then back to France. <laughs> Bye. Um, but so Shuja gets to Kabul. Now he's king in charge. Amir. <laughs> Great. And once again, indifference. Um, <laughs> indifference. People really like Dost Muhammad, and they don't even really remember who you are. Mm-hmm. So, like, <laughs> there's a quote that this, this British guy said. He hears many people say, who is Shah Shuja that we should love him? <laughs> Like, what has he done for me lately? Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm like, whoa. Who? I don't know her. Mm, I don't know her. Rough. That's rough, buddy. Yeah. Josiah is still in Kabul. Mm-hmm. He's now unemployed. Um, and uh, he offers to help the British talk to Nawab Zeman, mm-hmm. who you will remember previously as uh, Dost Muhammad's actual fat brother. Oh. Jubber seems like the fat brother. This guy is the fat brother. Mm-hmm. He's the obese diabetes brother. That uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean to him. It's just true. That's his only identifier that they say in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and Josiah helped him with his diet and things before, but he said to just eat meat all the time or something weird. I don't remember it's what like, he said. Have you heard of keto? Yeah. <laughs> Except for I think he also told him to eat a lot of carbs. And I was like, no, 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 no. That, it, just, that just sounds like eat a lot of stuff. Yeah, the idea didn't make sense. It just sounded like don't eat vegetables, which is like, <laughs> or fruit. Yikes. Vegetables and fruits will ruin you. Um, and currently, Zeman is in Jalalabad. Um, so he's right next door. I love Jalalabad. It's great. It's, it's so a, fun to say. It just sounds, it feels good. Every time I write it, I think it's wrong because it's too many lalas. Mm-hmm. Like it's Jalala. But uh, yeah, it's a good time. But so yeah, he's in Jalalabad. So uh it's right next door to Kabul. That's a problem, right? Because they don't want that to be happening. So um, they decided to do a treaty, mm. right? Um, 
And basically, it's just like, we'll leave you alone. You leave us alone, essentially, okay. I think. Uh, I'll have to, I have a reading to do in it, so I'll read it real quick. Where's the book? Okay. Found the book. Um, so, yeah, they, they agree to the deal, but then they immediately, as soon as Zemin gets there, renege the deal and capture him. Oh, snap. Hmm. Well, you fell and, right uh, into my trap. I'm just going to tell you this was a mistake. Should not have done that. Should not have it's taken a, him uh, ca- uh, captured yeah. prison. I mean, them being in Afghanistan, I'm going to say, spoiler alert, really bad idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think that specifically was a very bad idea mm. from what I've read for the future. Um, but The future. We'll see. I want to read you a quote that says, For years, Josiah had immensed himself in Afghan customs. Most of the British, by contrast, could not have cared less for the local culture and either abused, displaced, or ignored it. They played polo and cricket, held tea parties, and staged amateur theatricals. Sounds par the course. Some brought their wives, the formidable British um, memsahibs. So they're like Indian wives. Mm -hmm. Um, The better to pretend that Afghanistan was really part of India. The worst discomfort uh, of the early days, soon remedied, was a shortage of wine and cigars. Aww. Oh, no. Aww. We can't pretend we're just on invasion holiday. The invaders now awarded themselves medals and titles in recognition of a successful campaign. Auckland received an earldom, McNaughton, uh, a baroncy. Wow. And uh, Claude Wade, our favorite boy from Ludhiana, is knighted. Well, there you go. But I think he deserves it. Not for this, but just for... <laughs> His incredible patience mm-hmm. and intelligence. Um, the patience of a knight. <laughs> of a knight. Uh, I also have a quote that says, The British hoard their way around the city, but the official historian at the campaign naturally blamed any sexual license on the loose Afghan women. Oh, yeah, naturally. And then it says, How were they to resist? And then Ben says, They didn't really try. And I was like, I love you right now. Mm-hmm. That you're like, These freaking sluts in here. <laughs> and they're blaming it on the Whoring women. Whoring around. And they're blaming it on the women. And I'm like, God bless. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. Yeah, I'm sure not everywhere you've gone has whore women. They can't. Right. They can't all every be whores. single place. They can't all be whores. It's weird that it's everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. Mm. Strange, weird. And so Josiah watches. He's still there. Um, he watches Shuja basically just ruin Kabul. Like it, he just remembers when he was there the first time with Dos Muhammad, how beautiful it was, how free it was, how you know happy everyone was, and then everybody's so mad now. And yeah. there he's Shuja's ruling with an iron fist. Anybody who was ever mean to him previously, he's just ruining, and everybody hates him. Mm-hmm. Hooray! They went from indifference to now they hate him. And then Josiah, on his way home from, like, doing whatever, sees a British officer riding his horse away from his house. Riding Josiah's, Josiah's horse. horse? What? Mm-hmm. So he, like, like kicks him off his horse and <laughs> takes it back. Oh. And rides back to his house. Oh, my god! And when he gets there, someone else is living in his house. Mm-hmm. And he gets really mad and kicks that guy out of his house. Oh, my gosh. And then he writes a really angry letter to the British. And he's like, what the hell is wrong with you? Well, you think you got amendment rights here? <laughs> I know. You don't. You're stupid. <laughs> You're stupid. America is freedom, not <laughs> Kabul, run by British people. This isn't your embassy. It's yeah, your so house. <laughs> he writes a really angry letter where he's like quoting Napoleon, how he treats international what? situations. Oh, you, yeah, dude. Why would you quote Napoleon? Because he's, he's saying this is like a moral 
problem, basically. And the British say, hey, dude, when we captured Kabul, everything in Kabul became ours. Yeah. So goodbye. We don't want you here anymore. Mm-hmm. And then he either is really mad and leaves without packing his stuff or he gets kicked out. <laughs> yeah. One of the two. I feel like <laughs> it's it's a bit of both. Uh, probably. Like when when you're an at-will appoint, like employment yeah, and you say you quit, but uh-huh. really they're firing you. Right. But then the British say that they detained him in Ludhiana, deported him to Calcutta, and then sent him back to America on their own dime. And that is factually not true. They are mm-hmm. lying. Um, because he's not detained, he is not deported, and he doesn't go straight back to America. So, like, none of that's correct. Weird. They're just, it's like propaganda. That they're like, look how we did this to him. <laughs> My brain was like, who did they send then? <laughs> who was it that they got confused <laughs> about? I don't think they sent anybody. I wonder if they actually, that'd be funny if they actually thought they're like, are you Joe Side? It's like, no, I'm not. And they're like, get out of here. Clearly Indian. You're what are deported. You, what? <laughs> go to America. What? What? This is very confusing. Please no. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Um, on October 19th, 1839, uh, he gets on a ship, and he's still got a gold sword from Dost Muhammad that he gave him when he oh. became in charge of the military, and he's just real bummed. Yeah. But he's like, clearly, I'm done here, I guess. Re- what? It's over for me. What would make you think you're over now? Why Why would now be the Why kind? now? <laughs> you just jump from per- person to person. Jump to a new person. Go yep. back to your kingdom of gore. Yeah. But he's like, no, the British will kill me. And I'm like, probably. Um, Um, No, there's like white people in there. (laughs) Yeah. Luckily, Josiah has been converting gold he's been receiving from Shuja and Dost and Ranjit uh, into like uh, basically checks or like money orders Mm -hmm. uh, in British India and then sending them to his sister home who has been cashing them and then storing money for him. Wow. So he's got, like, a small fortune at home. So oh, clearly wow. he was had a contingency plan that was like, in case I have to go home, send the money. That's, like, the smartest thing he's ever done. Agreed. D- he decides, instead of going home first, he's going to go on a European vacation now. I mean, why not? So he goes to Naples and then to Rome. He's in Paris by December, um, and he's there for a while. And mm-hmm. then finally he goes to England— um, because even though he hates Britain and I'm amazed they let him in, um, he mm-hmm. has a lot of English friends. Well, so he wants to go see him. I, I'm amazed he has any friends. I'm amazed they allowed him in the country. They should have been like, we've heard about you. Excuse me. You're not allowed anywhere. Hmm? Not a lot of good checks back in 1839. Anywhere that we own. Or 1840, you, I guess. At that yeah, point. you cannot go there. <laughs> no. um, so Josiah meets a Russian lady in England mm-hmm. who's married to an English Quaker. It's very confusing oh, again. Yeah. And um, he's like, hey, could you put a good word for me uh, if I travel to Russia? Like the government mm. might talk to me. Josiah. Mm-hmm. Josiah, just go home. <laughs> just go home. And neither of them know that he's been qu- kicked out of the Society of Friends. So he's not a Quaker anymore. So yeah. she's like, sure. Sure. Yeah. I'd love to help a fellow Quaker. No one has like a smartphone. They're not like, well, let me just <laughs> no. check. And I just want to update you real quick on Captain Jan that mm-hmm. we talked about previously. Captain Jan, uh, Lithuanian Russian guy. <laughs> who was on a secret mission, returned home to St. Petersburg, and he expected them to be excited that he mm-hmm. was back. And instead, they said, don't know who you're talking about unless you mean that guy who went on an unauthorized solo mission and is now disowned from our country. Ooh, that's rough. 
And so... They just cut him loose. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Because it didn't go well. Because yeah. Russia. <laughs> I'm... Yeah, I'm a little surprised that he went back expecting them to be pleased. Yeah, I'm not shocked at all that they did that to him. I am surprised that you thought they'd be happy with you. Um, so Jan goes to his hotel, burns all his papers, and takes his life with his firearm. Oh, yeah. too bad. I mean, he has nothing left, really. Like, he was only in the military because he had been in prison and they made him do it. Yeah. He has no life left to live, and I get it. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, dude. It's very upsetting. I'm sad that this happened to you. And Josiah's, like, out having a good time. And trying to, like, chit-chat with the Russians about going to Afghanistan. Come on. Oh, please stop him. <laughs> so when Josiah tries to talk to Russia, they are super not interested because what did we just say happened to Jan? <laughs> what did we just say? So instead, he's like, fine, I'll go back home. And he goes back to Philadelphia on August 24th, 1841. And he's greeted with fanfare and publicity wow, really? because people have heard about him from the British <laughs> uh, newspapers mm-hmm. and are like, welcome back, because they're very interested. Wow. He's like their Marco Polo for Afghanistan wow. and the Middle East. World man. Tell me all about it. Um, they hear that he's a prince, so they're calling him prince. And then he says, oh, please, no. Um, general Harlan will do. <laughs> okay. So they call him that, even okay. though he's not a general and you, doesn't deserve that title. You piece of garbage. Um, but people are obsessed with him, like I said. Uh, he goes to live with his unwed sister, Mary, who he sent all his money to, um, and spends all of his time writing uh, an autobiography. Weird that, like, we don't know about him. Yeah. He does publish it, but it's not. It ends up not being so much an autobiography as a uh, criticism of the British and Afghanistan. Mm. <laughs> but we'll get to that. Oh, did you not have a good time? Meanwhile, back to Kabul. Um, things aren't awesome. Uh, Dost Muhammad tries to get thrown back a couple times, and then he finally surrenders and becomes a captive of the British in India, just like oh. Shuja wanted him to be. Yeah. Uh, his son Akbar keeps fighting, but he struggles to get a foothold anywhere. Mm-hmm. They're like in Uzbekistan, but like it's rough. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to read you something that Burns wrote in his journal. The Scottish guy? The Scottish guy. Yes, a Scottish naval officer. He's still in Kabul. Um, you know, he likes it there. Uh, but he, he writes this in his journal because he's just like, I don't know, looking forward to the future. What's going to happen? On October 31st, Halloween, 1841, his last diary entry reads, What will the day bring forth? Oh, no. It will make me or mar me, I suppose. Before the sun sets, I shall know whether I go to Europe or succeed McNaughton. So either they're sending him home or he's going to be in charge. McNaughton's going to go away. Or something else. (laughs) So uh, apparently... Burns has been sleeping with a tribal leader's mistress, and they're pretty mad. Mm. So an angry crowd gathers outside of his house, chanting, um, Sik and Dar, Sik and Dar, which is Alexander in Persian oh from God. Alexander the Great. Oh, my God. That he's been calling himself. Oh, no. So he tries to argue, with, or like talk with them through the window, but as soon as he opens it, somebody shoots his secretary in the face. See, this is what I expected to happen to Josiah, mm-hmm. like, immediately, and it yeah. never did. No. I don't know why. <laughs> why does he get lucky and everybody else is Because he's like, not a slut. I'm Haven't you <laughs> ever seen a horror movie? <laughs> you slept with someone, you get shot. Big mistake. You die. Um, <laughs> but some of the men, uh, so so he's like, oh, I can't leave now. Uh, and they're like, come out here, you know, and yelling at him. Uh, and then... 
he sees a guy that he trusts, like, sneaks up to his back door and is like, hey, I got some disguises. Come with me. We'll get out of here. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay. And him and his brother who's visiting him is there, too. And so they sneak out with these disguises, but they just lure them into a trap, and then they hack them into pieces. Oh, my God. And they kill him. Oh, no. Yeah. And, and then they just bury him in an unmarked grave. Bye. Like, I'm, I'm huh. sure that a lot of the unrest... Mm-hmm. Would have happened anyway, just because yeah. England and Russia were being uppity. Mm-hmm. But part of me can't help but feel like Josiah's responsible for everything. <laughs> like, I mean, like he got stuff sure. rolling to the point where mm-hmm. people got involved, and now all these, yeah. all these people are dying because you had to be a little adventure boy, mm-hmm. Josiah. It's almost like your actions have consequences. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's not good. He's dead. Um. Meanwhile, people in Kabul now outnumber British soldiers who are still there mm-hmm. and uh, turn on them and prevent them from getting supplies. I like that. You're welcome. I like that. Now you're trapped with us. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like what should have happened with India. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, yeah. We're not trapped here with you. You're trapped here with us. You're trapped here with us. Mm-hmm. Do you have any idea how many people are here? Instead of a hunger strike, we're going to starve you out. <laughs> We're going to hunger strike you. See how you like it. Good luck. And so, you know, there's a lot of momentum and the British are getting nervous because they just like super murdered that one guy. And then now they're stopping their food. So they're like, and then um, Akbar decides this is the moment with his Uzbek forces. And he comes down and he's going to make a deal with the British. This is my moment. And so he says, I'll be vizier under Shuja. Classic. (laughs) Classic. Yeah. And then he won't attack you because right now they're outnumbered. And the British say, sure. And they go and they agree to that. And as soon as they do, Akbar murders that guy. McNaughton is dead. (laughs) Immediately. He he shoots him in the face with a pistol that he was just given by McNaughton. Whoa, that's incredible, dude. Oh, what a move. And then they cut off his head, paraded around town, (laughs) and they put his body on meat hooks at the bazaar. Well... When you when you go for it, you go for <laughs> Afghanistan, it. Afghanistan, you should not mess with them. Okay? Uh-huh. Don't. You um, gotta think they're down and then they're back up. I'm proud of them. Mm-hmm. That's how you deal with a British invasion. That's why I'm like, don't worry just yet. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then Akbar kicks the British out of Kabul, lets them leave with their lives, just says, go away. You're welcome. Um Get tells out. them he'll have them escorted back to uh, India and doesn't send an escort at all. Mm-hmm. And then almost all of them die on the way back to India from violent tribes and die in the mountains. Yeah. And when I say almost all of them, let me read you <laughs> what happens. Like half of one guy is crawling back to India <laughs> by the end of it. Mm-hmm. On January 13th, 1842, a lone bloody figure is oh. spotted by the sentries at Jalalabad. Oh, no. Weaving towards the fort <laughs> on a limping horse. His name oh. is Dr. William Bryden, an ar- assisted army surgeon, um, just like Josiah used to be. Uh, his escape was miraculous. With a pony pressed on him by a dying Indian cavalryman, he managed to get through the carnage, climbing over bodies, his head bleeding profusely, Ooh. where an Afghan sword had removed part of his skull, oh my God. alive only because the blow had been deflected by a magazine stuffed in his cap for warmth. Oh, my gosh. 
Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> that guy is going to have nightmares for the rest of his life. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine what he's seen? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. The Jalalabad garrison lit fires on the ramparts to bring in other strugglers, but none appeared. No, they wouldn't. One guy. One guy. Out of 15,000 sent out, one man survives. Uh, and him just barely. Yeah. Missing a piece of his skull. And don't come back. Don't come back. <laughs> so British shouldn't be there. It was a mistake. <laughs> this isn't for you. Remember how I said you shouldn't be here? <laughs> Remember how you did that thing? This is why I said that thing about, like, you really shouldn't have done this thing to Zemin specifically. Mm-hmm. Because they immediately reneged on that deal and killed him. And then Akbar did the exact same thing to you. Mm-hmm. To be like, see? Yeah. And then took over this is because what, of it. This is how we're going to do business? All mm-hmm. right. Great. That, gosh, imagine getting a Incredible. pistol and then immediately shooting the it's guy. It's awesome, dude. Oh, my God. Or him, like, I'm like, I don't know if it's loaded, but, like, I, I imagine they give him the pistols. They're real pretty. And then he's like, oh, I wonder how this fires. And he, like, puts a, you know, a bullet in and then just, like, boom. It's incredible. And all the other British people there crap their pants. Oh. Are like, just sit down and like, please don't. It's not as fun when you're on the receiving end. Is it? Is it? And then Shuja gets shot dead two months later when he finally appears in public. It all just falls apart so quickly. And I have a quote that says, The assassin was his own godson who (laughs) rode up to his corpse, stripped off his jewels, and kicked the dead king into a ditch. Wow. They are so metal in against him. (laughs) It's nuts. They get it done. Like, whoa. And then Josiah's book comes out about <laughs> Afghanistan and uh, the British. How much he enjoyed himself. Yeah. And it does, I mean, pretty well just because people are like, there's a lot in the news about Afghanistan and England. And I love to hear about it from somebody who was there. Right. I have a quote to read you about it. In America, the book was received politely enough. <laughs> yeah. They, I mean, yeah. New yeah. books of the month observe that it is pervaded by an air of truthfulness. <laughs> wow. What a underhanded uh-huh. compliment. While thing. noting its spirit of strong hostility to the British Dominion in India. Yeah. Complimentary copies were sent to Her Imperial Highness, the Grand Duchess Helene, in St. Petersburg, Baron Meyendorf, the British am- or the Russian ambassador to Berlin, the Whig Society of Princeton, and the President of the United States. Just all the people who are going to get a good chuckle out of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. They're like, this is hilarious. In Britain, by contrast, it was panned, described by one critic as an extraordinary concoction of bombastic, romantic, deliberate perversions, false statements, and virulent abuse. Oh. Sir William Kane, who definitive history of the Afghan campaign was in preparation, described Harlan as clever and unscrupulous mm. and tried to undermine his credibility. That an American who was and one who, moreover, had served under the British flag should dare criticize the empire at such an emotional moment was more than the English reviewer could stomach. Yeah, it's it's tough to get a good look at yourself sometimes. Mm-hmm. Harlan's animus was put down to Anglophobia, Mm. yet his book made salutary reading for British officials. His memoir was officially discredited, but secretly read under the table by historians and British strategists. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I do want to know what you have to say, even though I hate you, and it's bad. You're a little rat man. 
So then he was planning on writing three more books to go over, like, everything that happened. Because this was mm-hmm. mostly just about how mad he was at the British. And, yeah. and then that he thinks that Afghan customs are um, barbaric, basically. I mean, um, you, you say that, but... Hmm. Uh, you were doing it. You you did them, and I think it saved you. Yeah. Probably. And they were so nice to you. Like, it's so rude for you to say that. Weirdly, unusually nice. Yeah. Especially Dos Muhammad. Like, right. come on, dude. Um but that didn't happen because this book was critiqued so harshly that nobody was willing to publish anything else he had to say. Mm. They were like, there's no way it's going to make money. Everyone's so mad. Yeah. And they're going to be mad at us. So, no. Uh, also, the money he sent to Mary to invest, apparently he told her to invest it when he sent it to her. Mm-hmm. But she's not great at investments, and so, like, almost all of it's gone. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she well. says, like, he'd send me weird amounts. Like, sometimes it was, like, 500 and sometimes it was, like, $10,000. And, like... I don't know what he wants. Like, I don't get where he wants me to put it or what to do with it. I'm like, yeah, she's not a broker. She is on a farm. Mm-hmm. Like, she has money because her mom gave it to her. Right. She's a Quaker. She doesn't understand money. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that'd be me. I'm like, well, I guess I uh, put it under a pillow or something. Yeah, like, what do you want? Uh, Josiah is allowed back into the Society of Friends because they're very forgiving and nice. Mm-hmm. And he marries a Quaker woman named Elizabeth Baker. Oh, okay. They have a child. Like I said, he has children. Um, Sarah Victoria. And he's obsessed with his daughter. He loves her. He never talks about his wife at all. Oh. Like, at oh. all. Oh. Yeah. You are the replacement womb, and I will <laughs> not speak of you. Elizabeth is also the name of his ex fiance. Yeah. So, yeah. There's that. There is that. Yeah, he keeps that poem he wrote about his ex forever, but he never writes about his wife. So that's cool. That's fun. Yeah, it's fun for her. It's, it'll be okay. Just uh, Muhammad is reinstated in Kabul because Akbar won. And all is right with the world. He's back. <laughs> Everything's fine. There's a reason he's like their guy, my dude. Um, it's because he back and he hanging out. This is the moment, Haley, of where it all connects. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Because Josiah uh-huh. is the camel consultant when they order the camels no. for the South. No. Because he's the only one <laughs> with experience with camels. He's Mr. Camel? Mm-hmm. Did we, did we ever say his name in that episode? No. He's not. I, who cares? I looked up, he didn't even say his name when I read about it. Oh, my gosh. Because who, who would care? It doesn't matter. Except it does. But it's Josiah. Are you He's kidding? the camel man. He's camel man. And he is um, being supported heavily by Jefferson Davis, who loves camels. And he's currently the Secretary of War. What? 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 And you guys might know his name because in the future he will be the president of the Confederacy. Oh, my God. But he thinks camels are a great idea. He's like, I love camels. Love camels. Hey, my man. So he heavily encourages that they should have camels, and uh, they get them. How about some camels? <laughs> hey. Uh, I, I'm so fascinated by that story in particular. Mm-hmm. Like, did they contact him? Was he like, hey, I know about camels. Like, I think he wrote um, some papers about how he thought that was a good idea, mm-hmm. and they listened, as that's, I think what happened. That's incredible. Yeah. So does that mean he supported the Confederacy, or did he not care? We'll get to that in a minute. Oh, my gosh. Um, there's more? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, He's cam- not a lot more, but more. Camel core. Um, so when that failed, because the horses here hated the camels, mm-hmm. because he didn't understand that horses in, uh, you know, the Middle East are raised with camels. Mm-hmm. So they're used to them, and they don't have a problem with them. And horses. But horses here are not, <laughs> and they hated them. Horses, if unless they've, like, been birthed with them mm-hmm. from birth, yeah. they are scared, weird animals that it's walk true. on their toes and yeah, are terrible. Stilts. Yeah, 
And uh, also the camels were just terrible at their job. They just didn't do very well. They were real grumpy. They didn't want to do it. They don't know where they are. And so uh, Josiah decides, since that didn't work, he should be sent to Kabul to get some of these awesome grapes he knows about that he thinks are going to really take off in America. Okay. And he writes a whole treatise about how he should be sent by the government to go get these grapes. <laughs> I kind of want to read that treatise. He's 62. Just to, like, <laughs> fall asleep instantly? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could give you the title. It's too long. I didn't want to read it here, but I can tell you what it is if you want to read Let it. Let me tell you about these grapes. And they're such good grapes. America's in the middle of the Civil War. Like, I don't care. He specific uh, hasn't started yet. Oh. Uh, he specifically thinks thinks California would be a great place for grapes. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's right. He's true. That's he's true. He's very right. This is before they have grapes going on. He so does, he's he, like, I think that'd be a great spot for grapes. He does know his plants. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he should have stuck with botany. I think he would have done a lot better mm-hmm. um, instead of being a warlord. But <laughs> he uh, followed his passion. Yeah. But so uh, he's ignored, though, his treatise, because the Civil War starts. Mm-hmm. Josiah uh, immediately... Offers to join the Union Army. He's very anti-slavery. So he's like, I would like, I have experience in the military, and I'm like, not this one. And I would like to be helping you. Your luck will not support you here. (laughs) And they accepted him because they need people. And he's given a cavalry despite being 62 and having no American Army experience because they're desperate. Mm -hmm. They give him the rank of colonel. Why? Uh, Just because? Just because they're desperate. (laughs) <laughs> just cause. And he's got to rank above all his people. So what, do you, what do you want? Colonel, Colonel? Sure. Yeah. Uh, and they give him uh, a light infantry or light cavalry that he calls um, Harlan's Little Cavalry. And uh, he recruits like a thousand soldiers for them because they ask him to, mostly in Philadelphia or like Pennsylvania, where he's from, but then also some surrounding states. Mm-hmm. And then he gets on his first mission and gets pneumonia like immediately, <laughs> like instantly. I knew it couldn't hold out. Uh, I knew you couldn't hold out. And so the, they're getting real mad, the soldiers, because they're like, he never comes out of his tent. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, he won't. he's not teaching us any of the modern tactics we need to know because he doesn't know them. Right. Because he's not in the military. <laughs> he's not a military guy. All the stuff he learned is like old shiz, like Napoleon shiz or older. Mm-hmm. So, mm-mm, that's mm-hmm. old news. It's like six, like 50 years since Napoleon was happening. Uh, no. Although it's interesting. I wonder, I don't know, I'm thinking about an alternate history where mm-hmm. he was younger. Yeah. And maybe remembered more of the guerrilla tactics that mm-hmm. they used. I'm like, I wonder sure. how the Civil War would have gone if people had been a little less, I don't know, mm-hmm. lines of soldiers and a little more hit and run. Right. A little more revolutionary business. I don't know. But he also starts getting real rude, and he's basically being a dictator. He's doing this strategy that works really well in the Middle East and does not work in America, because (laughs) weirdly, he's never done it in America, where he insults them, like, a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, he calls them liars and scoundrels constantly, and then, like, the next day, he's, like, really nice to them. And that's the thing people in Afghanistan do all the time. They yell at each other, you know, or, like, in that area during that time they yell at each other and they're really aggressive and then they're nice Mm -hmm. and that's like the strat Uh, and he figured that out but it doesn't work here it just makes him be like why is he mean and then they're scared when you're being nice and they don't understand it and it's making everyone uncomfortable Uh we don't know what is going on with him yeah and so he gets court-martialed for this (laughs) because a whole bunch of the soldiers complain and Mm -hmm. they're like what is wrong with him that's a lot of complaining they're basically like mutinying him is what's happening he Says he wants to be his own defense, which because he wants to lose, I guess. Yeah. The arrogance of this man that he thinks he knows, like, 
court martial laws enough to I'm be a, his own I'm defense. I'm a prince. Excuse me, I'm a prince. Oh, no, I, I'd rather general, even though he's a colonel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you're not a general. And uh, he is ultimately acquitted of drunkenness that they accused him of because he hates alcohol. I think they were just so confused by his mannerisms. They assumed he was drunk. Like, that's why he's really mean and then really nice. It's not. He's got to be drunk, That's just his personality. (laughs) He does that on his own, naturally. (laughs) Um, But then uh, he gets charged with a lot of other stuff, Mm. like uh, conduct prejudicial to good order and military discipline and using disrespectful and ungentlemanly language. Oh. Stop being mean. You are mean. You're mean. Unbefitting of a general colonel. So they suspend him from command and without pay for uh, six months. Oh, wow. But then the verdict gets reversed by Major General Wool, who says that this is a mutiny. You know, like this is they're accusing him of things just because they're mad at him, not because he actually violated any of these things. Because mm-hmm. he shows proof in the letter that they sent that's like really scathing and aggressive. Like, if you don't do this, like we're going to whatever. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, no, it's just a mutiny. These guys are being ridiculous. And the punishment for mutiny is death. Yeah, that's rough. Mm-hmm. Luckily, they don't kill them because they still need them because uh, of the war. Really need people. Uh huh. So they don't kill them. But they're like, you have to listen to Josiah. They're still under his command. They don't move anyone mm-hmm. or do anything, really. And then they give him a gift, um, like a saber, to be like, we're sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry? And he's very touched by that. He's like, they love me. And I'm like, they don't. They're just mm-hmm. trying to speak your language and, like, tolerate you while they have to. Mm-hmm. But so he's back. And then his health keeps deteriorating uh, while he's doing all this because he's old. And uh, eventually, on July 15th, uh, 1862, he collapses from dysentery, dehydration, and fever and uh, is ordered to surrender command of his regiment. Hmm. Give it up, dude. You got to stop. Yeah. And then he decides he's going to write a whole history of America. Just die. (laughs) Why aren't you dead yet? I keep being like, oh, he finally got sick. He's done for. And then he just keeps going. No, he goes home and he feels better. And then, yeah, he's going to write a whole history of America, Haley. So many people died in that war. I can't believe he made it through. (laughs) How dare you? How dare you? Because they didn't let him fight. (laughs) Um, He gets up to the date 1682. And he's for America's history. What? He really went back, huh? He, that's where, and that's where he writes up to. And, and that length from the beginning to there is 690 pages. Oh, no, he's like cheaty. He can't, he can't do it. And then he gives up. <laughs> I was still hoping you were going to say, and then he dies. No. No, he just gave up. He gave up. So uh, I want to tell you about a couple of the other guys real quick because we're getting to the end here. Mm-hmm. Um, Avita Bile, that terrible, evil man, uh, retires in Naples. Um, but then he gets married and, like, dies almost immediately. So I think his wife poisoned him or something. <laughs> nice. It sounds like uh, she was really intense and overbearing and, like, scared him to death, basically. Mm-hmm. But uh, also, I think she just poisoned him. Good for her. Yeah. He's got a nice house because he made a whole bunch of money because mm-hmm. he was in charge of Peshawar. Gardiner, who's the other American guy, retired in Kashmir and lived to be 92. Good for him. And he would just write articles about the area in British newspapers and just hang out. Just hang, just and people were like, time. his English is really good since he, he's he been here for 50 years. Mm-hmm. Like, he's still pretty on top of it. Yeah. And I'm like, fair. Because, you know, like, we don't need it anymore. And then Josiah decides. He, like, moves around a whole bunch to different places. He buys land in Kentucky. He sells it. He moves here. He moves there. Because he's just, like, wandering around. And while, meanwhile, his daughter and his wife just stay in the same place. And mm-hmm. they're just normal. Um 
And then he decides as soon as the first, like, major train is built that he's going to California. That's where it's going to be. You're going to try to be a grape man? He doesn't have the grapes, Haley. Find grapes. (laughs) I bet you could just order one thing of grapes. Could someone mail you grapes? Don't you have friends? He doesn't have friends. I mean, now Joseph Muhammad's back, but he doesn't know that. Yeah. So he'd probably send you grapes. Um, hey, hey, buddy, can I have some grapes? Like, they'll definitely die on the way there. Maybe there are seeds, though. Yeah, get some seeds. Um, but no, there's no there's no grapes. He just wants to go there because he just decides that's where he should be. Uh, he takes the first train to San Francisco, and he complains that um, trains are terrible compared to camels. Why wouldn't we just use camels? And I'm like, we already tried that. It take, didn't work. Take a guess. Also, using a train and then saying a camel is better is like... Come on. I know it's, like, the first train, so it's not good. But, like, it's better than camels. Yeah. It's better than camels. Mm-hmm. What? Why don't we do camels? Especially, we already had camels in America. Remember how it really didn't work? Yeah. I'd love, I'd love to watch you try to take a camel over. From the, Pennsylvania to <laughs> Over uh, the Rockies. That'd be so funny. <laughs> awesome. But basically, I mean, it's just him being like, I wish I was still in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, just go back. Go away. Then get out. Yeah. Go. Go. Goodbye. But he's old and he can't. So, uh, yeah, he goes to San Francisco and he practices medicine because they don't have laws because it's new and it's not even a state, really. And so he <laughs> starts being a doctor. But, like, yeah, what year is it? it does, I don't know. I didn't read it. But it's like, it's late. 1800s. It's probably like in the 1870s-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if they're a state, but even if they are a state, their laws are loosey-goosey. Yeah. And so uh, he branches his medicine, and then uh, he dies in the street of tuberculosis. What an anticlimactic. Yeah. Huh. And he gets buried, and nobody goes to his funeral. <laughs> and nobody cared. Yeah, and I think somebody tells his wife that he's dead, and, like, you know, she doesn't care. Um, and she apparently, like, he, you know, had written all those papers. Um, like, you know, he was writing that whole thing about his life. He made, like, 900 pages about it and then 600-something about the history of America. <laughs> She's like, and finally, she I just, can like, burn this. <laughs> yeah, literally burned all of it. <laughs> finally, I can She's burn like, this. Thank goodness. Uh, it was terrible. But she was storing it, I think, in, like, butter churners, <laughs> and then she just burned all of it. Amazing. Yeah. Once he was dead, she's like, great. Bye. It, uh, and no, nothing, the worst. nothing of value was lost. It's true. <laughs> and nothing of value was lost. I can't imagine a 600-page book on American history that ends at 16-something. It wasn't supposed to. It was supposed to keep going. Yeah, but, like, that's already too much. Yep. That's so much. That's way too much. You can't. <laughs> Don't. Uh, but yeah, that's the end, Josiah. <laughs> I, I hate him. You see why when we started, I was like, what's happening? And then I was like, oh, the British aren't even here. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, Okay, no. here we go. <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. The British go. And then they go. And then it's a lot. Um, and he just dies in the street. Yeah. The lung. But you know what? Dose Muhammad's back in charge, and he's incredible. What are we and his doing? son is so capable Yeah. that I'm like... Nice. Good son. Good for you. Raised him good. Seems hard, unusual for a mm-hmm. really capable king to raise a really capable child. Agreed. And I'm like, look at you. Doesn't happen as often as you hope. Yeah, no, definitely not. Almost never. So, good job. <laughs> good job. Uh, what do we learn? I don't know. See, this is the thing. This is not a fictional story where there's a message at the end. This yeah. is just real things that happened, which is why it's not... Uh, as thematic or a metaphor or as satisfying <laughs> as perhaps we'd hope. Uh-huh. But 
It is a line I like to quote. It's from uh, Burn After Reading, mm-hmm. where you learn that, like, the guys at the CIA or whatever hear about all the weird stuff that's been going on. They're like, what did we learn? Yeah. They're like, I don't know, sir. It's like, I guess just don't do it again, whatever. And they close it and forget <laughs> about all the terrible things that have happened to these people. But they right. don't, who cares? Who cares? Yeah. The answer is, don't. yeah, don't do it again. Um <laughs> I think uh, I think this would have been a good lesson for America to look at before they went to Afghanistan. Um, that maybe it's a bad idea, and uh, you're just get stuck there forever, and uh, you won't win because even if you win, you're gonna lose later. You're gonna lose when you try to get out. You, gonna... you think you've won, and it's just not over. The British lost fifteen thousand guys retreating. <laughs> retreating. Yeah. Which like. I appreciate because I'm like, I think that's the worst the British have ever done. That's impressively bad. Mm-hmm. Like half of one guy wow. made it out. Mm-hmm. But you know what? They asked for it. Totally. They, you, don't, you can't feel bad. You can't, like, this is no. their fault. It's just like, wow. They were so entitled about everything. Mm-hmm. And then they broke in here just because they were mad you were potentially talking to Russians. Yeah. They wouldn't, like, negotiate with you in any way. Uh, even though you wanted to. That's like such a beautiful and then they example. Got just <laughs> so beautiful. Like that's what should happen when the British invade. Mm-hmm. Should be like, well, wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't it be nice? This is what happened every time. If you were Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my my uh, you know appreciation of Afghanistan is through the roof. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, incredible, to be honest. Like, well. I didn't know well almost done. anything about your history, and it's freaking dope. It's a good time. Anyone it's wild. Kicks the British in the balls mm-hmm. is like, well done. We love you, British listeners. <laughs> we And you understand. You know. You know what we're talking you about. Know. You know what we're talking about. You know what we're talking about. But, yeah, hopefully you enjoyed <laughs> all of that. It's, it was a lot. But um, I feel like the conclusion was pretty good. I mm-hmm. think it was worth it um, for this many episodes about this dingleberry. Yeah. And, like, uh, you know. And I like that at the end, Josiah is like a, like a footnote. Meaningless. In his own history. Penniless. Sad. Mm-hmm. He's like, he gets the Nikola Tesla treatment, except for he deserves it. <laughs> yeah, like, this is what should have happened. You're Tesla no, doesn't deserve you're it. nobody. You did but nothing. you deserve it. You did nothing. Yeah. You went around tasting different fruits in the desert for mm-hmm. like 10 years or right. something. He, it feels like he's at such a peak, you know, for all this stuff happening that's just being handed to him. And then the universe corrects itself and says, no, you're going to die alone in the street. <laughs> yeah. Surprised it was TB. I would have. Yeah. I mean, I guess it couldn't be like an STD cause, or an STI because probably not Quaker. He doesn't seem like he ever has sex except that one time to have that daughter. Yeah. So they don't have any other kids. <laughs> right. Literally just like, okay, just get it over with. I just got the one kid and now I'm good. <laughs> I love her so much. She's pretty great. I'm like, at least you appreciate your daughter. Because when it said that he had a daughter, I was like, oh, no. And then oh, it was no. like he obsessed with her. And I'm like, oh, good. It's like the only good thing about you. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Anyway, uh, hope you enjoyed the episode of The Journey. You can um, email us at historicalhistorypodcast at gmail.com if you have suggestions or just feelings about things. Do you have feelings? Uh, if you 
want to leave us a review, you can do that on iTunes or Stitcher. Also, the Hubble um, podcast app now has it for individual episodes. So if any of these episodes you really liked or other ones that you want people to listen to, Mm -hmm. uh, do that. That would be cool. Hell yeah. We'd appreciate it. And um, like our Facebook page, we're almost up to 500 likes on Facebook. Well, how about that? Which I'm like, pretty sweet. I think my goal at the beginning, hold on, I have it on a dock. I was just looking at them the other day because I was like, I wonder how many of these we've accomplished. And it was most of them. I wanted us to get to 100 ratings on iTunes. Mm-hmm. We're now at like 220. Nice. So uh, now I'm like 250. I wanted us to get 10 reviews on Stitcher. We have 12. Well, So now the goal is that? 13. Be the 13th and get us there. <laughs> uh, I wanted us to get to 400 likes on Facebook. We did. Uh, I think before that it was like I wanted to get to 300. Mm-hmm. And we did. And so now 500. 500. Um, and for us to get a Discord going, we got Discord. And to celebrate our third birthday. Yay. Which we did. And then there's a few we haven't done, but that we're working on. Working on Like it. merch and cool other stuff. So. Cool stuff. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening. We love you guys. Love you. Stay safe and happy and healthy if you can. Yes, please. Please. And Black Lives Matter. Bye. Bye. Ooh. So soft. Bye. <laughs>